Good morning. Well, welcome to LifePoint today. Thank you so much for being here. My name is Donnie Williams. I'm one of the pastors here. If you're watching on the screen or you're here uh, live for the first time, we really appreciate you being here. We'd love to meet you after the service. You can come down front and meet one of our pastors afterwards. Introduce yourself and just let us know a little bit about how you found yourself, uh, found your way here to LifePoint today. So we're in this series about questions. And our life is filled with questions. It starts really early. If you have kids, uh, you may be able to remember if they're older now that after they learned to say words and then after they learned to put sentences together, it wasn't long until they started to say what? Why? Why? Now, those of you that don't have kids yet, uh, it's not fair because you just Google the questions that they ask because they're going to ask you why the sky is blue. They're going to ask you things like, hey, why do I have to go to bed before you do again? Could you explain that to me? Why do I have to go to school? One day when our girls were little, they're now 18 and 20, but when they were really little, uh, we had a daddy-daughter day and I loaded them up and we went to Snoopy's Hot Dogs and got our hot dogs and we decided, well, let's drive over to the park and eat them in the park. We're sitting in the back of my truck and we're eating and, and talking. It gets quiet and our youngest, Abby, said, Daddy, why does air sometimes come out of my bottom? (laughs) And so I was choking on the hot dog. And her older sister, who's a couple years older, she was six or seven at the time, just without blinking an eye, well, that's a fart. (laughs) And I was like, well, yeah, Molly, it is, but let's let's think of a different word. Let's, you know, because your grandparents would be really upset if you said that word in front of them. So let's, let's just not say that. Let's come up with a different word. So we're trying to come up with different words that are cutesy or funny or something. And, and, and she said, I know it starts with the letter F. So let's call it the F word. (laughs) And I said, no, that's not going to work either. Uh, So I sat there in the back of my truck explaining flatulence to a preschooler (laughs) because she asked why. Now, the questions why never stop. They just get a little more serious. God, why did this have to happen to me? Why did I make that mistake again? Why, in spite of all the love I showed them, did they not give love back? Why did I have to get that medical report? Why did I have to lose my job? Why did my kids have to rebel after all the investment that I made in them? God, why is there so much pain in the world that you say you love so much? The questions never stop. They just get a lot more serious and a lot more difficult to answer. So we're going to go through this series and we're going to look at what God's word has to say about typical questions that people ask, that you've probably asked. All of them start with the big question, why? And then we move on from there. So there's some Bibles coming down the aisles right now. If you don't have one, you can raise your hand. That's yours to keep. You can borrow it. You can also read along on the screen. I'll put all the scriptures up there as well. Now, I'm not going to be able in this message or we're not going to be able in this series to definitively answer every question that you have. 
every question that, well, why does this happen? Why does that happen? We're not going to be able to definitively say, well, here is your answer. Two plus two, it's four. We're not going to be able to give that kind of definitive answer for everything. But what we can do is through looking at what God has to say about us, looking at what his word has to say about how he interacts with humans, we'll be able to understand better how to face the very difficult questions in life. Sometimes we'll get this direct answer and sometimes we won't. So if you've got a lot of questions on your mind right now, you have to understand a couple of things. The first thing is, there is no question too big for God. There's no question that's too big that you, that you would ask God and him go, oh man, I never thought of that. Let me, let me think about that. So you need to understand that first. Another thing you need to understand is that God may not give us an answer. He may not say, when you say, God, why? You may not be able to turn to a verse and go, oh, that's why, I get it. He doesn't even promise us that he will give us all the answers. But what he does promise us is a provision of peace in our life that helps us go past any understanding that we could have on our own and still have peace in spite of unanswered questions in our life. God asks us to have faith. Now, faith requires that we put trust in something that we don't see. So if you could have all of the answers definitively, why would you need faith? There would be no purpose in faith if you could have every answer to every question that you're going to ask in life. So with that said, let's talk about today's question that, and these come from, as our teaching team gathered and said, what are questions that we hear? What are things when we're giving people spiritual counseling or just having conversations in small group Bible studies that we've been in? What are questions that we've heard people ask or what are questions that we have on our own? So today we're going to start with, why don't I feel God? Because, especially if you're a follower of Christ, there's, there's probably times that you feel this closeness, this presence, and then there's times that you don't. Why is that? Why is it that I can't walk through every single day feeling this close connection with my creator? Why are there times that he feels very distant from me? Why are there times when it feels like he's not even there or that he doesn't even exist? Why do we have to experience that? Because it's perfectly reasonable to expect someone who you have a relationship with to feel their presence. I mean, when you're dating or falling in love or married, it's, it's perfectly reasonable to think, I want to be around that person. I want to, to, to hang out with them. I want to feel and understand how they feel about me. So what happens when we move that into the area of faith and our relationship with God, if you have one, why is it that even though we might expect to feel him all the time, why is it that we don't? Now, if you're not a follower of Christ yet, if you haven't made a decision and you're still exploring, keep coming, keep exploring, keep asking tough questions. Keep 
Keep testing and seeing, is God real? Keep coming and saying, is this stuff real? Do I believe what I hear? Do I believe what I read? But there's a, there's a, a presence of God that you haven't experienced yet until you take a step across the line and say, yes, I believe that my life should be aligned behind the teachings of Jesus and I should follow Christ. And those of you that have already made that decision, you probably long for God's presence from time to time. So how, how many of you, just by a show of hands, have ever felt God's presence? If you've ever felt God's presence in your life? Well, yeah, we, we all have that, that follow Christ, I hope. How many of you have felt God's presence today in this room? Good. We put a lot of effort into making sure that we create a distraction-free as possible hour so you can feel this connection with God through something that's said, through something you see on the screen, through something that's sung to you or with everybody singing together. We put a lot of effort and energy. We don't just show up at you know, like seven this morning and say, what do you guys want to do today? We plan it out long before you show up. And we think, do those words connect with those words and connect with that? And could it be possible that somebody could sense God's presence in their life and because of that, they take a step of faith? So hopefully you did feel God's presence at some point today. Maybe it was through a song that you like, that you love the way it sounds or you love the way the words are laid out. Maybe it's through a scripture that I've read or that I'm going to read. Maybe it's through something you see on the screen today, but you hopefully will have an opportunity to feel God's presence. So if I took the microphone and I went around, and those of you that raised your hands and said, yes, I felt God's presence. Yes, I've, I have felt God's presence even today. And I said, describe to the rest of us how you know that. How do you know that? Well, I just get all warm and tingly on the inside. I mean, you can experience that at a romantic comedy, but that has little to do with God being around. Well, I have tears. Well, you can have tears if you smash your thumb with a hammer. So how do you know that those particular emotions are a connection that you're having with God? Yeah, I have to confess. I mean, I read my Bible a lot. I, I pray a lot. I actually come in this room sometimes, and I'll sit in different chairs, and I'll just be in here alone, and I'll just pray for you. I may have sat in the chair you're sitting in and prayed for God to move in your life today and for you to feel a presence of him in your life. I do that on a pretty regular basis. But I have moments and times and days and stretches that I'm not just feeling like God is right here beside me and I feel his arms around me and it's just warm and cuddly and all this feeling is just welling up inside of me. I don't feel that all the time. So why is it? Well, if you're taking notes, write this down. God's presence is beyond my feelings. It's beyond what I feel. God is around whether I feel him or not. He's around. And if you're a follower of Christ, you may not feel him, but that doesn't mean he's not active in your life. That doesn't mean he's not available to you at every moment when you need him. Because our feelings can take us lots of different places. 
God makes it clear in his word that our feelings are something that we cannot trust. So when we say, I don't feel God, what we're saying is, I don't have this warm feeling inside that he's standing right here beside of me. That's usually what people are talking about. So I, your pastor, do not always feel God's presence all the time. So if you feel that too, you are not alone. In fact, people of God have always struggled with feeling his presence, especially when they've made mistakes, when they've done things they knew they shouldn't do, or they haven't done things they knew they should do, we tend to allow our feelings to take over and start to wonder, where is God? There's a king in the Old Testament. His name is David. And David was a man who followed God. And he was even called a man after God's own heart. But David made some huge mistakes. He did some things that I bet nobody in this room has done. And he did some things I bet people in this room have done. But he struggled with, because of the mistakes that he made, feeling the presence of God. And he said this in Psalm 88, verses 13 and 14. Oh Lord, I cry out to you. I will keep on pleading day by day. Oh Lord, why did you reject me? Why did you turn your face from me? So he's feeling like, because of the mistakes that he made in his life, that God must not be around him. Now, God made it clear, I've never gone anywhere. I haven't left you. I've been right here. But because of what was going on in his life, he created this separation between himself and God that really didn't exist because of the wall that he built up of mistakes. The sin in his life had built this wall up and he built this wall around himself where his perception was, I must be so bad that I'm going to have to beg God to look back at me, that I'm going to have to get on my knees and I'm going to have to beg him to bring his presence back into my life. Now that was 100% based on David's feelings, not anything God had ever told him. God never says, hey, I'm with you until you make a mistake and then I'm not with you anymore. I'm going to hang right with you, man. Thank you for following me. But when you mess up, I'm out of here. That's not what God says. In fact, he says quite the opposite. When we do mess up, when we do make mistakes, he's there surrounding us even when we don't feel it. But it's a legitimate question to say, why don't I always feel him? Why don't I always sense his presence? Why don't I always feel like, you know, when, when I'm driving or walking or just hanging out with friends or going through life, why don't I always feel the presence of someone that I've committed my life to? That's a legitimate question. And we're going to look at some of the teachings of Jesus and how Jesus can answer or give us insight as we wrestle with that question. We're going to look at, the first thing we're going to look at, this episode from Jesus's ministry where he had just performed this huge miracle. He had fed thousands of people with a little bit of food, like miraculously uh, took fish and bread and multiplied it in a miraculous way. And I don't know, just zapped it or whatever he did. And it became more. And then it became more. And everybody got to eat. And he starts realizing, hey, you're following me, not because of who I am. You're following me because of what I did. You don't even understand what I did. You're just here because I fed you. 
You're just here because all of that happened. And he continues that conversation in the book of John, chapter 6, and verse 29 and 30. It says this. Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? They were expecting miracles. And they were saying, Jesus, if you want us to believe in you, then you're going to have to do something. So maybe you don't feel the presence of God because you're expecting too much. Because that's what they were saying. They were saying, if you do some miracles, then we're going to believe in you. So show us, Jesus, what can you do? And so maybe you live your life or maybe deep inside you have this feeling of, God, just show me. If you show me, then I'll believe. That's what leads people to pick up their Bible when they're facing a difficult time in life and go, all right, God, what do you want me to do? Boom. And I'm just going to read it. What do you want me to do? So I got a big decision. Make it, read it. And think, God, you're going to speak to me because I'm just, you know, doing some popcorn passages or doing, you know, the Holy Bible roulette. I'm just trying to, trying to find something. So I'm just going to open it up and, and you got to give me something. If you read the wrong verse, you can really mess up your life. So you got to be careful when you do that, when you're just saying, God, just show me. You know, God looks at us as his children. And there are times if you have kids in their lives, as they grow, you are going to release them a little bit more and you're going to release them a little bit more. When our girls learn to drive, oh my gosh, I thought, well, you can drive to the store. That's it. You're not going like cross town. You're not driving a couple hours away. When they started doing that, I was nervous. I didn't like it, but I thought, you know, you just got to let it go. You just got to let them go. You know, I can't be there for every single moment, but my advice can, my direction, my wisdom that I've tried to give them. And that's similar to the way God looks at us. Like, is he, is he going to whisper something in our ear every moment? No. Is he going to just, to just say, okay, I want you to feel this hug all the time. This is a God hug and I'm just going to go and you're going to feel it every moment of every day. That's not how it works. Now that's our prob problem, not his, because he's there with us all the time, even though we don't feel him, but maybe we don't feel him because we've just got these expectations that it's going to be something written in the clouds across the sky at just the right moment. Now that could happen, but that's not the norm for people feeling the presence of God. So maybe you're just expecting too much. Like these people are just saying, Jesus, I'll believe in you, but you got to show me something. You got you to do another miracle. Jesus, I'll believe in you if this parking spot that I have to have comes available. I'll believe in you if I get that job I'm applying for. I'll believe in you if she says yes, then I'll know you exist beyond a shadow of a doubt. If that's what you're counting on to feel the presence of God, you may never feel it. And he said, you want to do something? Believe in me with no strings attached. So for you, you just may need to adjust your expectations if you want to feel the presence of God in your life. Another reason that you may not be feeling the presence of God is maybe you're too busy to notice. Maybe he's right there. Maybe he's just trying to get your attention and you're just too busy in your life 
to notice. Now, our lives are busy. No matter what you do, we just live in a busy world. We live in a culture that celebrates busyness, that says the more you produce, the more valuable you are, and that's totally opposite of what God says he feels about us. But people have always struggled with busyness, even way back in the first century. There's a story in the life of Jesus where he goes to these, sister, these two sisters, he goes to their home for dinner. And those two sisters react very differently to Jesus' presence. It's recorded in the book of Luke, chapter 10. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. So for many of us, we're not feeling or sensing the presence of God in our life is because we're so busy. It may not even be with bad things, but just the amount of stuff leaves us distracted. Now, if you were in that house, which person would you have been? Martha, who thought, oh my gosh, there's all these details. I got to handle all these details. There's a piece of dust. I got to make sure that happens. And what, what if the bread doesn't get done enough? And what if it's a little crusty on top? That would be a disaster. And I got to make sure that gets fixed. And then she's running around making sure everything is perfect. And her sister's just like, well, hey, Jesus is here. So I'm just going to go have a seat. You can do all that other stuff. And she sits down and listens to Jesus. Now, Martha wasn't doing anything bad. She wasn't doing anything to, to say, well, I'm just going to ignore Jesus. She just was so committed to busyness that she missed the presence of God that was right there in front of her. Now, many of us are so distracted by so many things and it starts, unfortunately, now at an even younger age. If you have a teenager with a smartphone, take it away from them for an hour and watch what happens. Just try it. I'm sorry, teenagers. I'm totally just like selling you out right now. But try it today. Just say, can I have that for an hour? I'm just going to put it in my pocket. They will freak out. Their anxiety level will go up. They'll start to shake. Some of them will. Because that distraction is there for all of us all the time. Like, um, this, this food looks so good, I think I want to tell a thousand people about it. And so, you're distracted by that. Oh, we got to let everybody know where we went on vacation. And that's great. That's fine. You, you know, just the way we do that today. But there's a line between it being a healthy thing and a fun thing and an entertaining thing and something that distracts your life. Where you feel like, if I'm not connected that way in every moment, then something just isn't right, or I feel a little bit empty. Look, nobody is good at multitasking, but we try it, and you, know, you might go, oh, I'm great at it. Well, you're wrong about that, Pastor. I, I am good at multitasking. The facts are, the more you multitask, the less productive you are. That's a fact. In fact, when you're trying to do something if you have a project, 
and you get distracted through whatever, social media, whatever distracts you, it takes about 25 minutes for your brain to get back to that original thing. Now, I struggle with this because there are days on my writing days, I think, all right, it's 8 a.m., I'm here in front of the computer, I know what I want to say, and I'm, by lunch, I'm going to be done. And I look at my clock, and it's 4.30, and I'm on sentence number two. And I think, where did the day go? Does anybody else do that, or is that just unique to me? And I think, what did I do today? And when I think back about all the distractions that meant really nothing, that didn't change my life, that didn't help anybody else's life to be better, when I look back at that, I think, I just allowed myself to be so distracted. And maybe you're not feeling the presence of God because of your busyness with life, with running kids here and there, with carpool, with homework, and other commitments that end up leaving you tired most of the time, and unfocused. And Martha, in this story, focused on something that made no difference in the presence of God in her life. It wasn't a bad thing. It's a good thing to be focused on details. I need those kind of people in my life. And maybe you do too. But that can go overboard to such a way that it's such a distraction And we allow ourselves to be so distracted. And then we wonder why we don't feel the presence of God. And we have trouble sitting still for 50, 60 minutes. It's because of distractions. So maybe that's why you don't feel the presence of God. And the third reason is one that's a little more difficult. Maybe you don't feel God's presence because you're not open to Him. You're not open to feeling His presence in your life. There's a story in Jesus's ministry where he, he tells this story about people and how they receive his word. And he talks about different kinds of hearts and how people are either open to him or not open to him. And he uses seed and soil and to explain that to everybody. And what he's trying to communicate is some people just don't want to hear it. Some people just, they're not going to listen no matter what. And maybe you're not really open to having God really speak into your life and give your life direction. Maybe you're not really open to saying, God, come into this area of my life and help me fix it or fix it for me. God, I'm going to open up this area of my life where I have a struggle and I I want you to change it. Maybe you're not even willing to do that. And so Jesus tells this parable. And he speaks to the hearts of people. And he says this. For the hearts of these people are hardened. And their ears cannot hear. And they've closed their eyes. So their eyes cannot see. And their ears cannot hear. And their hearts cannot understand. And they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. Jesus is saying there are some people who are so closed off to having my direction in their life. They just can't. And maybe somebody drags you here to church every week and you just sit here like this. Like, all right, it is only an hour. I think I can deal with that. Music's kind of cool. I can handle somebody talking for 25 minutes. Not a big deal. And you're just not really open to God working in your life. And Jesus said, there are people that won't feel my presence because they're not even open to it. And maybe that's you. And you desperately long for direction in your life, but you don't have it because you're not open to it. 
Or maybe at one time you did have it and you gave it up. Just this week, a friend of mine and Cinda's from over 20 years ago posted online, I'm no longer a Christian. I've studied, I've read, and I've tried to do this for a couple decades. I give up. Don't, don't, no longer consider me a Christian. And I thought, what has happened in that person's life that has caused them to be so closed? Occasionally, we'll get emails uh, from people or, or messages that, that just rip our church, but not from people that have been here, but just people that see us online and read our stuff, and, and they don't even know us. And they'll just, just recently we got one that just was nothing but asking, like, fight me fight me, you know, let, let me, I've got all these intellectual answers and, and how dare you say this? And, and we had said nothing. They had just read an invitation we had on our website. And I thought, what has that person gone through to make them so closed off to where they're not even open? In fact, they're going out and trying to pull other people into their world. And maybe you've gone through something. Someone's hurt you you've made a huge mistake, you've hurt someone, and you've built these walls up in your life to where you're not even open to feeling the presence of God. So maybe that's why you feel directionless. Maybe you don't know God at all and you've never taken that step. Well, no matter where you are in all these ideas of feeling God's presence. There's hope for every person, no matter where you are. And that is that God gives us promises. And here's the big promise that he gives us. If you seek me, you will find me. That's a promise. In fact, he made that promise to his people. There's a story in the Old Testament. God is speaking to his people who have rebelled against him, who have gone and done a lot of things he told him not to do. And he knew they would want to come back. And here's what he says to them. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and bring you home again to your own land. And he's speaking to his people, helping them understand, if you just seek me, you'll get back to where you're supposed to be. And he says the same thing to us. If you want to find me, if you want to have my presence in your life, then you are going to have to seek me. Now, what does that look like? It means aligning my life with the life that Jesus wants me to have. Aligning my life with his teachings and his will and his desire. And you might even think, well, I want to do that, but how? So God's presence is around us all the time. Just like right now, there is music in this room. Right now. You may not, you, you don't hear it. But all you need, if you want to hear the music in this room, is something to receive it. Bring up the antenna. I have no idea what's going to play. Turn it on. Let's see if we can hear the music that's in the room. Classic rock. Can you hear that? So 
that music was in here. I, I like that song. That is uh, FM 100.7, by the way. So that music is always in the room. It's always here. It's always around. But what do I need? If I have an antenna, I can receive it. So maybe for you, what you need to do, for every person in here, for sure, we need to keep our antennas up to the presence of God that's always around us anyway. Just like if I want to hear some music on an old school radio, then I got to put up the antenna if I'm going to listen to it. It's always there, but I got to get tuned in. So maybe the next question is, well, how do I get tuned in? I'm sold. How do I get tuned in? Well, I have to implement some practices in my life that will help me tune in to the presence of God. One way to start is just read his word. Now, I know it's confusing. I know it's difficult. And I know like that's a big book and there's a lot of words and a lot of things that may be very difficult to understand. But there's so much available to us today to be able to immerse ourselves in God's word in a way that's relevant to where we are every day to pass on it. Like, I, I use Uversion. I don't know if you've heard of that app, but look for it. It's Uversion, or there's a lot of other Bible apps, but I subscribe to just whatever reading list. It's got a bunch of reading lists, and it'll send you a scripture every day. And so I pulled up today's scripture on my reading list, and it's, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? There's days you're going to need that verse. You're going to need to know that and need to hear that. And if I was like feeling down or feeling alone or feeling like, how am I going to face this difficult situation? And I read that, I would feel God's presence through his words around me. So getting immersed into his word is easier now than it's ever been. You may not understand all the languages and all how the Bible's all divided up, but that verse will speak to you. That verse will say something to you. Another way to keep your antenna up to hear and feel the presence of God is just prayer. That might be something new for you. Uh, you can write them out. You can say it into the air, but just talk to God like you're talking to a friend and watch what happens. For me, a big way is worship through music. Not music I play, but music I listen to. And I have a playlist that when I run or when I'm in the car by myself, I'll turn it on and those words from those songs, the way they sound, it speaks to me. And tears will well up in my eyes when I hear about God's work in my life. And if you start to keep your antenna up by doing those three things, you will start to feel the presence of God. And even days when you don't, you can have hope through those words, that communication and the music or whatever else it is that speaks to you. Hope that surpasses your feelings to where maybe you don't feel the warm and fuzzies all the time, but you sure know that God is in your corner and the more your life is aligned with his will, the more you're going to have an opportunity to feel his presence and that will get you through the moments when it feels like God is silent, when it feels like there's a wall between you and God. Let's pray. God, thank you for making it clear that we don't have to have warm and fuzzy feelings every moment to know that you're with us. And God, for those people here that follow you, may they feel your presence as we raise our awareness that you're always with us. And God, for people that need to take that step 
and listen to you. I pray that you would just give them the strength to say, I'm ready to be a follower of Christ. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.